Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So the number of robberies in Chicago were up last year. Uh, Last year's numbers were higher than they'd been in any year since 2017. This is WBEZ Data Projects editor Alden Lowry. He looked at crime data and found that the city is in the midst of a six-year peak in robberies. And what's driving that increase is more armed robberies, specifically. An armed robbery is a robbery that occurs with the threat of physical violence by virtue of a weapon, a firearm, be it a handgun, a shotgun, a rifle, you name it. Now, when we're looking at the wider history of robberies and armed robberies, Alden says it's important to note that they used to be much higher than they are now. Just for context, uh, I mean, there were literally about twice as many of robberies if you look back almost 20 years, the early 2000s. But in our recent memory, in our recent six years, last year's numbers were, were higher than we'd seen. When the numbers change significantly, for better or for worse, it's natural to want to know why. To want public officials to do something. Especially when few of these crimes are actually getting solved. Most don't get solved. It's around 10%. It's pretty it been pretty consistent for the last 20 years in terms of that clearance rate. This is David Olson. He's a criminologist, a professor at Loyola University, and the co-director of the university's Center for Criminal Justice. Since it's so easy to get lost in the numbers and crime is such a complex issue, I wanted to talk to both Alden and David about the why of all of this. What are the societal and psychological factors that translate into these changes in robbery numbers? And going further, how can we use what we know about that reasoning to develop solutions that might decrease robberies? We're going to talk about all of that starting with a little more context for recent robbery data, mainly who is getting robbed and where. Generally speaking, the victims of robberies are more often to be uh, African-American or Latino. Um, They are also more likely to be people, you know, kind of in their early to mid uh, adult years, if you will, uh, 20s, 30s and 40s. And then there are specific communities where robberies have been uh, a particular issue West side, south side communities, uh, communities in and around the loop, uh, around the downtown area. I want to ask both you and David about this, Alden. I mean, do you do you have a sense of why these these robberies aren't being solved? Um, David, why don't you chime in here? The primary reason why it can't be solved is that the the victim can't identify who the perpetrator is, right? So, you know, to to say you were robbed by two guys doesn't give the police a whole lot to to go on. And, and even if they catch somebody who committed a robbery, um, unless they've still got your purse with your ID in it, um, it's difficult to link you to uh, that particular crime. So um, it's difficult for the police to solve those when there is little information to go by in terms of who, who committed the offense. So I want to get into... Um, what for some is going to be a very obvious and immediate question <laughs> uh, for all of this, which is why? Why is all of this happening? Um, Alden, when people look at your reporting and come back to you and say, but why? 
do the numbers go up and down as they do? How do you respond to that? Uh, my general response is, you know, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> a very honest answer is, you know, I honestly can't give you a very clear, definitive answer to that. And I don't know if anyone can. Mm. The thing that I say is that every criminal act is an act perpetrated by an individual or group of individuals in a specific set of circumstances. Mm. And those things change, different person, different people, different areas, different times. So it's really difficult. That's a very com- complicated answer. The, the thing that, that I'll say that we can glean to some degree is that, you know, some crimes are crimes of, of need or crimes yeah. of greed. Um, and some crimes are crimes of passion or emotion. So when we are in great times of stress, uh, sometimes you will see those crimes of emotion or passion spike to some degree. When we're in great times of economic strain, you will see crimes of need and to some degree crimes of of passion or emotion because economic strain can lead to kind of emotional strain. Those are some of the things that I say when I when I when I get that question. Another way to think about it is the the, the famous question asked of the bank robber of, of why do you rob banks? Because uh, that's where the money is. Yeah. Right. Why do people commit robberies? The reason is pretty simple. Uh, they commit robberies because they want money and property. So what we have to think about when we look at an increase in a particular type of crime like robbery is. Was it offset at all by reductions in other types of crime where the goal also is to get Mm. someone's money or someone's property? Now, between 2019 and 2023, robberies are up, but other crimes where property is stolen have decreased. So Mm. burglaries are down by about 2,100 crimes. Thefts are down by about 5,000 crimes. Thefts. Um, Thefts. you leave your backpack at Starbucks. When you go to the bathroom, you come back and it's gone. That, okay, that's gotcha. a theft. Yeah. Uh, when you leave Starbucks with your backpack and someone walks up to you with a gun and says, give me your backpack, that's a robbery. Okay. Robberies committed with a firearm are much more likely to be completed, meaning that the victim gives their belongings. Part of it is we have to take a step back and say generally what's going on with crime That makes it a little bit more complicated because when we aggregate all of this stuff together and talk about total crime, total crime's down. Um, And and overall crime in Chicago has been decreasing for at least the last couple decades. Hmm. Um, Your reaction is what most people's reactions are when you you (laughs) raise your eyebrows and and look kind of sideways. Yeah, I tilted my head and and raised my eyebrows. (laughs) Really? You're telling me that? And, And again, I remind people that most crime are not shootings, they're not homicides, they're not armed robberies, you know, with a firearm where five guys jump out of a car and, and rob, you know, a couple on the corner. Those happen and they're they're horrible and they get a lot of attention. But most crimes are you leaving your backpack unattended at Starbucks or mm. people taking stuff out of your garage, um, things like that. Those are much more prevalent, but they're going down. And because they're the most prevalent and they're going down, then overall crime's going down. But mm. The most serious crimes, like armed robbery with a firearm, have increased in in recent years. And I think people see that rightfully so, and and they're concerned. But we have to recognize that other types of crime have actually uh, decreased. um, And it could be because of that substitution. Yeah.
when we hear about crimes going up like this, people generally want their public officials to do something about it. Do you have a sense if Mayor Brandon Johnson or Police Chief Larry Snelling are doing anything particular now that the numbers have gone up in the last year? I haven't looked very deeply into specifically. Uh, I know that during uh, Mayor Johnson's uh, campaign, he talked uh, a lot about addressing crime more broadly, wanting to address the root causes of crime. Uh, And specifically, he talked about uh, increasing the ranks of CPD detectives who um, would be uh, essentially uh, um, among the number of ways that uh, CPD would would respond um, to high profile crimes. Mm -hmm. I think I think with this, it's important to keep in mind just that robberies are one of many crimes. Obviously, for someone who's the victim of a robbery, their victimization is the most important thing in their world. Uh, but the police department's also trying to focus on more dangerous forms of criminal activity and, and those that have resulted in fatalities. And so we have to recognize what the police role and capacity is. They can't address the reasons why people may commit robberies, right? If the reason is to obtain money or property to convert to money, nothing the police can do about that, right? They can't mm-hmm. make jobs. They can't improve economic outlooks for people. Um, what the police can do is they can try to identify people. Doubling down on the, on the point uh, David was making with regard to police, you know, police respond to crime. And so I think police should be judged by the number of people that they are apprehending and catching as opposed to the number of crimes that are being committed. So uh, the best ways to empower police are to give them better tools and strategies to apprehend people and relationships and communication with, with community uh, can help in that regard. But I don't know if harsher penalties necessarily get you to a point where you are capturing people who do commit crime. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about this soft on crime versus tough on crime kind of language that comes up in this conversation too which you can see all over the history of American politics. David, would you say there's a connection between tough crime laws or rhetoric and a decrease in crime? Um, that, not really. I think there's, there's an increase in rhetoric when there's increased public attention and concern about crime. Mm. I, I think in terms of the mayor's desire to address the root causes of crime, are things that we should do. And we've clearly been doing a lot of that over the last 20 or 30 years because overall crime has been going down. We've been doing something as a society to reduce the amount of crime kind of long-term. And part of that is the efforts that have been made to improve school, improve economic opportunity, improve a lot of things in in society. I think the, the get tough on crime rhetoric and, and passing tougher laws and things like that. I think primarily that's a response to this perception that that is what we can do to reduce crime. The other thing about it that I think makes it appealing is it's it's easy to do. It, it's easy mm-hmm. to, in quote, get tough on crime because usually all it means is we pass a law. It really has no effect on crime because rarely do those tougher penalties ever get imposed, one. Right. So we have very tough penalties around armed robbery. If, if you commit an armed robbery in Illinois, it's a mandatory 21 years in prison. Um, 
And, and people who are engaged in criminal activity know that the likelihood of getting caught is relatively small. I think that's the problem with the rhetoric is it's it's easy to pass. It's quick to pass. Anything that's easy usually isn't very effective. Mm. Uh, but to the general public, it, it resonates and it, it, it makes sense. So I, I think the challenge is recognizing it's not one or the other. It, it's it's both simultaneously, right? We have to continue to improve conditions and communities, but we also have to do something with people who currently are posing a risk to public safety. And Mm. it's my view and based on research that anybody that points a loaded firearm at another person, they're at a decision-making point that they, they pose a danger to people. Mm. Um, They may need a lot of services. They may uh, need a period of incarceration, um, but it doesn't have to be as long as as oftentimes policymakers advocate, right? Um, the, the certainty of a sanction is much more impactful than than the severity of it. Well, in the end, you know, nobody wants to be a victim of an armed robbery. Um, I mean, for me, I had I had a homie who was a victim of an armed robbery. Um, he his situation meets a lot of kind of the descriptions that you all have have given, um, even just hearing that story, you know, had me stressed for a few weeks. But, you know, it's terrifying to even think about, let alone experience. Um, That said, it remains incredibly unlikely that a person will actually be a victim of armed robbery. Um, So I don't want to fear monger either here. How should people be thinking about this? Like, what's, what's the level of concern people should really have as they just live life in the city. Crime and violent crime is unfortunately a part of, of city living. It happens. You have in this case, you know, 2.7 plus million people living in this uh, space and, uh, and things happen. Let's acknowledge that. Um, but uh, at the same time, also understand that, yeah, there are moments when when the numbers are up, and there are moments when the numbers are down, and for us not to get you know too hyped up when the numbers are up. Understand that you know these are individual decisions that people make, and really thinking about why people make those choices and what has to be going through someone's mind for them to say, okay, I'm going to go out here, I'm going to take a weapon, and I'm going to take something from someone. That's what this is really about. Mm-hmm. There's someone making a really bad choice, but apparently there has to be something very desperate or dramatic going on within that person's life that they're making that choice. And uh, if we want to address this, we have to get to a point where, where we can get people to make better choices. I'll add one other thing is um, when, when someone commits an armed robbery, their goal is to get your property or your money. Their goal is not to, to kill you. And so you know, the advice I give everybody is if somebody points a gun at you and asks for whatever you have, you give it to them. As Alden said, they have made decisions that have gotten to that point where they feel as though they need to point a firearm at somebody to ask for their things. It's not at that point that you question why they're doing it or, or try to resist. So as, as hard as it is for some people to give up property, it's far more beneficial to do that than, than risk giving up your life. 
Well said, both of you. David Olson is a professor at Loyola and the co-director of the university's Center for Criminal Justice. David, thank you. Thank you for having me. Alden Lowry is WBEZ's Data Projects editor. Alden, thank you. Aaron, always a pleasure. And that's it for today. Thanks to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Vanizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. If you love the show, rate us, review us. It helps more people find The Rundown. And I'll give you a shout out if you leave a five-star review. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.